why is it that some Christians want to believe science as opposed to the Bible? People don't want to feel like they're left out, and so there's this attempt to mix science and a secular interpretation of science into the Bible. But the Bible doesn't allow us to do that. If science is properly interpreted, then the biblical account makes sense. The Bible should come first, and we should interpret the science yeah. based on the biblical account. We're out there saying to people that you can trust the Bible, and because you can trust the Bible, you can trust the, the gospel message that yeah. the, the, the Bible has. Trust it. the God of the Bible. Trust the God yeah. of the Bible. Welcome to 24-6 with Mark James from Creation Ministries International. And uh, we did promise in our introductory session that we're going to talk about the gap theory today, but it's trying to squeeze millions of years into the biblical text is where the problem lies. Absolutely. That's, that's what all of these in different interpretations of Genesis are trying to do. Yeah. The gap theory says that there is a gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Yes. Uh, and there's many, many people that believe that. Why do they believe that? Um, because they're trying to fit science and a secular interpretation of science into the Bible. And, and people get themselves into a position where if you don't take the Genesis account as history, then either the Genesis account is completely wrong or you've somehow got to reinterpret the text. And that's what they're trying to what, do. Like allegorical? Uh, allegorical, or some, some people say it's poetry. There's all sorts of different ways of doing it. Um, and this uh, gap theory is, is just one of those ways. It's amazing. I spoke one time to a, uh, when I was on, on uh, Rima on, on the radio, and I spoke to a professor of Hebrew. He was one of the world authorities on ancient Hebrew. Uh, he wasn't a believer. Uh, but he was an authority on ancient Hebrew. I said, I said, what does the writer of Genesis 1 want us to believe? And he said, Genesis 1 is written in some of the most simple Hebrew that there is. It's, it's Janet and John in Hebrew. He says, the writer wants you to believe that God created the world in six literal 24-hour days. Now, we know this is rubbish because it all evolved. You know, this is what this guy's saying. He says, but he wants you to, the writer wants you to believe and he uses things like uh, numbers for the days. It was day one, day two. He uses the, the construct of evening and morning to say this was six literal 24-hour days. So I go, okay, I've got the secular professor telling me this, secular professor of Hebrew telling me this, but Joe Smith down at the local church says, no, no, no it's not right. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the big issues, I suppose, is that people who have a little bit of information uh, think that they know better than people that have a, a lot of information. And um, there's a, a famous quote from a, a professor of, at, um, at Oxford University, James, James Barr, I think his name was, who said he didn't know of any um, Hebrew, uh, gram any expert in Hebrew grammar who didn't believe that the writer of Genesis was intending that yeah. people understand it as six days, 6,000 years ago, and a worldwide flood. Yeah, and apparently the the the, uh, the grammar because I mean we we think in our for most of the people watching this or listening to this we're thinking uh, in English with a Western mindset, but apparently the grammar of the Hebrew there between Genesis one one and one two doesn't allow there, there is no pause. There is no pause, absolutely no pause. Um, the so the, not even a comma. 
No, uh, and, and in fact, the, the way it's constructed, um, the, there is a, a Hebrew um, for, uh, word vav, which basically is like and. But if that is um, followed by a non-verb, it doesn't mean and, it, it means more now. It's almost like the next part of the sentence is in parenthesis. Right. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then, so rather than being a, a, a gap, it's just saying, and this is what it was like yep. in, in parentheses almost. Yeah. So, it's, it's all part of the one. All so, part so of I the mean, one. That, again, the, the Hebrew grammar with that just completely eliminates the possibility of a gap. It does. It does. But yeah, we still, but you know, we. People still believe in it. The other one is the um, is the day age, and I have trouble with this. Well, I have trouble with the gap theory too. But but the belief that each of the days is a, a an eon or a you know, long long period of time. Yes, and again, all of these theories um, are relatively new. Uh, in fact, most of them in, have been introduced within the last 200 years. Now, that's not saying that the theory of evolution is new, that because for thousands oh, of yeah. years people have believed that the Earth was, was old and everything, but trying to mix it into the Bible. Into the Bible, yeah. that's right. These, these uh, alternative interpretations of Genesis are all relatively recent. And, and what a lot of people don't really, um, they don't go there. They, they don't realise that only one of these interpretations can be true because they all compete with one another. Yep. They all have different understandings. Uh, and um, the, the uh, people who believe one particular um, interpretation of Genesis, they're very quick to point out all the problems with all the other interpretations, while at the same time they can ignore completely yes. the issues with their own. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the, the gap theory people will say, oh, no, you, you can't take the days as long ages because the text doesn't allow you to. Uh, yeah. Whereas the day-age people will say, well, you can't fit a gap into Genesis 1.1, 1.2 because the text yeah. doesn't allow you to. Uh, the day-age theory, again, it's, it's introduced to try and fit millions of years. And, and the, the idea of the millions of years uh, from, from the secular science point of view is that we have all these layers of rock around the world and they're filled with fossils and, and secular science has dated those rocks yep. as they do to millions of years old. What people don't realise is that by introducing these different um, interpretations is you're putting all these fossils, which are dead things, um, during the creation week or before the creation week, which means that death happened before the fall. Yes. And that's the big problem with virtually all of these interpretations is that death is introduced before the fall. Uh, and for that reason, then, the whole gospel message starts to collapse in on itself. Yeah, I mean, when Romans, uh, Paul talks about, you know, sin ended through one man and death through sin. Yes. And he's talking about the one man. And I mean, I've had a, a recent, uh, shall we be nice and call it a discussion online with this, um, that the one man there is talking about Adam. Yes. Yeah, so sin did not enter before Adam. Death did not enter before sin. Therefore, how can you have millions of dead things before Adam ate the fruit? Yes, and, and the only way they can get around that is to say that Adam's death was a spiritual death. Uh, but then why did Jesus have to die physically? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So again, the, the whole gospel message is... is is jeopardised simply by trying to allegorise Genesis. So the day-age theory says that each of the each of the biblical days in Genesis one are long, long, periods, long of periods of time. How does that not work? Okay, so you end up with um, on day three, plants are created, 
Um, but the sun isn't created till day four. So for millions of years, those plants had to survive without the sun. Uh, and then um, the flying creatures uh, were, weren't created until later, which means all the pollinating insects weren't available to pollinate those plants. Yeah. So you start to tie yourselves up in, in knots um, simply to try and, and introduce these, these long days. Uh, and it just doesn't work. I remember the, you've got with Creation Ministries, there's a series of uh, DVDs called uh, Incredible Creatures That Defy Evolution with Dr. Job Martin. And uh, he talks he talks initially about how he was lecturing. He's a dentist and he was lecturing on how um, the, the scales moved up and became teeth and things like that. And two of his students who were Christians just humbly went to him and said, Dr. Martin, have you ever checked the assumptions of, uh, of evolution, uh, which he'd never done. And so, of course, he went off and did that and discovered creation. But he talks about the uh, vanilla uh, plant and the manipula bee. I think it's manipula bee, which is the only bee that can pollinate the vanilla plant. Yep. And isn't it just lucky that they evolved at the same time? Yeah. However, if we're doing day age, they can't have. They're... they're Millions of years apart. Absolutely. They're, they're separated so far apart that they just couldn't have any uh, effect on, on one another. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Uh, and again, um, somehow these people that, have, that um, uh, like the day-age interpretation, they, they manage to actually push these things out yeah. of the way and just say, look, I believe this and, and that's good enough. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is that when you then go to uh, and to the rest of the Bible, that's when it all starts to fall apart. It, it, it falls apart. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? It's, it's not like missing out an ingredient when you're making a cake and you take it out of the oven and it just crumbles. You go, what did I do wrong? Yes. Uh, and your theology does that as well. Um, one of the big things with the, with the sun on day four is, well, hang on, God created light. How can there be light before the sun? And I go, I don't know. Ask a firefly. Yes. <laughs> you know? uh, ask an anglerfish. You know? Yes. And, and the thing is that secular science now tells us yes. that light was created before the sun. Yeah. Um, because uh, the sun um, came into existence apparently 4.6 billion years ago. Yep. Um, but light already existed. So it's, so often we see that, that uh, eventually science catches up yeah. with the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing that more and more. I think it was also something that's, um, and again, we, 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 you can't take away the fact that these the many, many evolutionary scientists are very, very smart people. Very yes. smart. They're just missing that key factor that, that there is a God. Yep. And they refuse to admit that. But I think from memory, even with the Big Bang Theory, they, they have said that light was created within, within milliseconds of the Big Bang. Yep. So the Big Bang, everything was created first, and then there was light. And I go, hmm. I think I've read that somewhere. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, it yes. does. So again, the, the, the problem with the gap theory, the day-age theory with anything but the, the literal 24-hour, six-day creation theory is that once you start reading the rest of Scripture, it breaks down and, and, and you lose things. Yes, and probably the best example is uh, in Exodus. Uh, Exodus 20 verses 9 to 11. Um, uh, six days you shall labour and do all your work, mm -hmm. and the seventh day is a Sabbath. Uh, for in six days the Lord created the heavens, the earth, um, the seas, and all that is in them. So in Genesis 1 we read, um, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, 
and in Exodus, um, the six days of our working week are designed to be a to show people that yes. the, the, the days of creation. Uh, and so we have uh, six days. Um, our working week, do we have a big gap between the first and the second days of our working week? No, we don't. No, no. Are the and, we days... don't and we don't work for six millennium no, before but, taking a break. I mean, are the days long ages? No, they're not. They might seem like they are sometimes, yeah, but yeah. they're not. Yeah. Uh, so and whenever we have a problem with interpreting a passage of Scripture, the first place we should look for clarification is elsewhere in Scripture. Yeah. And all of these alternative interpretations of Genesis fall down when you start looking at the, uh, the rest of Scripture. Yeah. And as you said at the beginning of this um, session, that almost all of those are post-Darwinian. Yes. Well, not, not even post-Darwinian, but post... Um, there was a guy by the name of Hutton who introduced uh, uniformitarianism, which is basically, in geology, what we see happening today is what's happened throughout history. Right. And, and in effect, what he was doing was taking things like the flood. So, so slow process. Slow process. Long ages. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's where it all started. And then once there was enough time, that's when Darwin's theory of evolution started to make a little bit more sense so to, to these people. Okay. Because you right. need lots of time for evolution. For that to happen. Well, maybe we can look at that next time. Why yes, not? we can. So I hope you can join us for this for 24-6 and uh, hit subscribe and like so that you, uh, you the bell rings when we put a new episode up and uh, just check our other podcasts as well.